everyone. This is Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, here for another DevOps Chat. Today's guest on DevOps Chat is Omid Habib from AppDynamics. Omid, welcome to DevOps Chat. Thank you, Alan. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. So, Omid, most of, I would imagine most of our audience is already very familiar, or at least pretty familiar with AppDynamics. You know, you guys have sort of become a, a just a huge success in the APM market, though some may call what you guys do not exactly APM. I'm not even sure if AppDynamics calls it APM anymore. But um, nevertheless, company that's, you know, had tremendous amount of success. Um, what What's your role at uh, AppDynamics? Well, uh, I originally joined AppDynamics as a, as a product manager uh, my first couple of years. Um, uh, very proudly uh, brought um, our PHP, Node.js, and Python APM agents uh, to market. And uh, as of a couple of years ago, I joined the product marketing team. So um, I'm now helping <coughs> lead uh, the, uh, the strategy behind um, uh, all of the outbound product responsibilities. Sure. So Amid, in, Amid, in, in a in simpler times, just three four years ago, it was easy to put App Dynamics into that sort of APM bucket, if you will. But that that's not necessarily the case anymore, is it? You know, the term. APM itself, um, you know, like you said, is, is, is starting to be put uh, into question. What AppDynamics does, at least in my opinion, is is, is very simple. Um, I think what is becoming uh, uh, the, the the definitions that are changing right now are uh, the the processes um, within uh, the software environments um, and where AppDynamics plays a role, or rather, where AppDynamics. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, APM as a concept plays a role. Um, historically, uh, we've had divided teams, right? Operations are responsible for production monitoring, and so they would have their production monitoring tools. Developers had their siloed environments where they would ship their code, um, and so they had their decoupled tools. But what we're starting to see now is a shift in uh, runtimes becoming far more sophisticated, and the barrier to entry to production is so much lower now that uh, developers and operations, um, uh, I'm going to introduce a whole new term, I'm going to call it, it's not new, but I'm just going to call it engineering teams, application teams, are now responsible for the entire software development lifecycle of of the product. So developers are now deploying code, operations folks are now responsible for not just the the, uh, infrastructure and the production monitoring, but also they're starting to look at everything from an application perspective versus an infrastructure perspective. The other thing that I'm noticing, Alan, is that we're starting to see far more abstraction here of, 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 of the infrastructure and the deployment models of applications. In other words, teams are no longer responsible for spinning up servers and configuring hardware and configuring you know, the specs behind the infrastructure. All of that's becoming abstracted. And so it's causing, again, I'm not going to call it dev teams or ops teams because I see these two teams merging. I'm talking five years, maybe possibly even 10 years, possibly even sooner than that down the line. I'm just going to call it engineering teams. Engineering teams responsible for the application, for the product itself. And and I, I see these roles starting to merge. We're starting to already see, for example, the ops responsibilities um, you know, uh, Google's introduced the, uh, the SRE role, right, the site reliability engineer. 
And the nature of that role is someone who comes from a developer background uh, 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 facing the challenges of operations. And the, and, 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 and the idea behind that is to have a, a developer mindset of how much of this can you automate using code. And so they're trying to solve, again, it goes back to the abstraction idea, right? Everything's becoming abstracted. So what they're essentially trying to do is automate as much of the infrastructure as possible so that at the end of the day, a developer can do what they do best, which is check in code and work on features and work on the backlog. What we're seeing today right now is the, the crossroad of development teams starting to take a step back and realize that, hey, what the heck is going on here? We, we have this giant backlog full of features and we're doing nothing but putting out fires all day long. We have bugs, we have performance issues, we have database issues, infrastructure issues, right? So if you were to look at it, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I get very Maslowian here. But if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm getting kind of philosophical here, but I got a point. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, uh, you know, essentially states that everybody, every, every, every human with a purpose goes through this journey. Um, but they have to go through levels, uh, and, and, and it starts with the foundational um, layer, right, to, to the second layer and the third and fourth layer. But the very top of that pyramid is what they call, what he calls, self-actualization. And self-actualization is when, you, as a human being, as a, as, as a person, you get to actually do what you were on this planet to do, where you've solved for everything else, shelter, security, your social needs, your physiological needs. And so you get to a point where you say, well, what is it that I was here to do to begin with, right? And so you get to actually work on the things that, you know, are larger purpose of you as a person. Developers, I've, I've, I've noticed, are actually going through a Maslowian hierarchy. The very premise, the very foundational premise of what they do is their tool set, their development environments, their sandbox environments, their pre-production environments. And so what we're, what we're noticing here is that developers are starting to go through their own uh, Maslowian style uh, uh, pyramid in that the, the, the foundation of the pyramid essentially is a development team uh, you know, solving for, uh, 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 you know, their uh, proper development environments, sandbox environments, uh, embracing a DevOps culture, uh, ensuring a pragmatic, iterative software dev lifecycle, uh, uh, ensuring for proper infrastructure, making sure that they have the proper monitoring tools in place. And so as they continue to move forward and, and, and advance from one layer to the other, they no longer have bugs in production, they're no longer solving for bad code being shipped because they've already solved for that, right? The teams that have not are stuck at the bottom of the pyramid. And the teams that have advanced forward are hitting a point of self-actualization. And so if I were to draw a parallel with Maslow, I'd say that developers, development teams, application teams today have hit a point of self-actualization which essentially says, well, what are you actually here to do? What are you actually here to do as a development team is to work on moving the business forward, work on the backlog, work on the features. And what are those features? Those features come from a roadmap that have been prioritized from business strategy perspective. So you're essentially getting your development and engineering teams back in line with what they were there to do to begin with, which is now let's start to move the business forward. Uh, from, from a philosophical perspective, that's what DevOps was to begin with.
right? <coughs> That's what developers and operations teams are hired to do to begin with. Unfortunately, because of the lack of sophistication in the tools and the processes, what we've seen in the last you know, few decades is that developers and engineering teams and operations teams, they've been stuck in this rut on the first foundation of that pyramid or the second level of that pyramid. And it's change blindness, right, from a psychological perspective. It's when something happens, some kind of change happens so slowly over time, you don't notice it whatsoever. <laughs> and so you start to eventually start seeing these development teams accept Unfortunately, they're starting to accept their roles as, yeah, I just fix bugs all day long, right? I just put out fires all day long yeah. <laughs> and, because and you, you're stuck at the bottom of that pyramid. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny you say that on me because I, I've been in technology oh, 25 years. And, and so I we used to call it, you know, they're working in the sausage factory, but they really don't know how we make sausage, Right, and and this happens. It, I, I see it in software uh, life cycle and supply chain, where everyone kind of does their job, but they don't realize how their job is part of the larger picture. Right, if someone's just stuffing meat in the sausage machine in the back of the sausage machine, but they never see what the sausage looks like when it comes out or what it tastes like, it's very hard for them to imagine or to you know, to empathize with, with the guy who has to eat the sausage. And and all too often that happens, in, especially in software development. I'm sorry yeah, to no, say. Yeah, you're but, absolutely correct. Yep. So um, what's, what's funny is that not only is the pyramid very similar to how software developers evolve, but Maslow also said that if you're stuck <laughs> at any one of the, the, the foundational layers, or for example, if you don't even have the foundation, it actually goes into the symptoms of what a person experiences. Like for example, if you don't have a roof over your head and you're constantly worried about the elements, right? The symptoms of that is gonna be anxiety and paranoia and discomfort, right? Development teams, I mean, you can draw the exact same parallel and say, well, if you don't have a proper DevOps environment, then the symptoms of that are going to be X, Y, and Z, right? Anything that is lower than self-actualization is going to have symptoms. And those symptoms obviously are, you know, bugs in production, application issues, the backlog growing ever, you know, ever so bigger without you actually even, you know, touching it, technical debt increasing, so on and so forth. Um, but uh, it kind of reminds me when you when you talk about the uh, the guy that works in the sausage factory. It, it reminds me of the famous story of the three, and I might butcher the story, but it's the three workers that were working on a on a, on a cathedral. A passerby comes by and asks the first person, "What are you working on?" And he says, "Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm working on this stone, and I'm just, you know, hacking away at the stone." And then he goes to the next person and says, what are you working on? And he goes, oh, I'm just working on this wall. And it's, it's, it's something that's going to be, you know, be used, um, you know, on this home. And he goes, to, and by the way, all three of them are doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. He goes to the third person and he says, what are you working on? And he says, can't you see? I'm working on a cathedral. Hmm. So when you're at the bottom of that pyramid, you completely lose sight of what you're doing to begin with. Yeah. When you're at the top of the pyramid, a point of self-actualization, right, where you're supposed to be to begin with, where you're supposed to be doing what you're actually supposed to be doing, then you begin to realize the big picture. When you realize the big picture, then as an engineering team, you are realigned back to with uh, 
back to the strategy of the business. And act self-actualized engineering teams understand not just what they're working on and how they're working on it, but also why they're working on it. And with that comes the additional responsibility of, well, if you know why you're working on it, then how do you measure success? Because you already measured success at the bottom of the pyramid for your application. But if you're now at the top of the pyramid, then as a self-actualized engineering team, you're not just measuring the success of the application, right, the performance of the application, the technical performance of it, but you're also measuring the success of the business performance of your application. Sure. And, 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 and that is what we're starting to see today. A lot more engineering teams who are moving to the top of that pyramid are now getting reintroduced to the to you know uh, having a seat at that table of hey I'm not just a software developer I'm not just an IT cost center but I'm a partner in the business strategy behind this application. Yep, and I deliver customer satisfaction. Fantastic! You know this Absolutely. was a great great conversation, Omid. Very insightful. Unfortunately, we've well we've gone way over our time, but we'll deal with it. Um, <laughs> I mean, we'd, we'd love to have you back on at some point, though, because I, I, you know, our audience is, is so developer-centric and, and op-centric, too, but tech-centric, I guess is a better word, that I'm sure they, they, they identify with this, and I'd love to continue this conversation. Um, so perhaps yeah, it's we'll, a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, we'll find some time and do it and do more of it. Or maybe you want to write about it on DevOps.com. We'll talk about it offline. Anyway, Omid Habib. Uh, App Dynamics, thanks for being this episode's guest on DevOps Chat. And um, thank you for everyone listening, and we'll see you again on another DevOps Chat. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com. <laughs>